This is Barry Adams. Welcome to the Law Made Easy podcast. Today I'm going to talk about something that is relevant to everyone. Whether you have a lot of money, or are trying to make a lot of money, or don't care about money, whether you have real estate or bank accounts, it doesn't really matter. What we're talking about today is an advanced healthcare directive. The reason everybody should have one of these is to prepare for the unexpected, to prepare for what could happen to you. So the Advanced Healthcare Directive is a document that you sign and it's given to your doctor and it allows someone else to make healthcare decisions and other decisions for you if you're not able to do so. Let's talk about some background. You've heard of the power of attorney, that's for finances. There's also a power of attorney for healthcare. And, and if several years ago, legislatures and major states decided that instead of a bunch of documents regarding your health care that are in different places, let's put it all in one document. So this document was expanded and it's now called an advanced health care directive. The basic idea is that you can pre-discuss and predetermine how you want your health care to go if you can't make decisions in the future. And what we're really talking about here is end-of-life decisions, pull-the-plug decisions, artificial hydration decisions. Those are the difficult subjects, difficult decisions that someone might have to make on your behalf. So the Advanced Health Care Directive really has five parts to it. The first part is the power of attorney for health care. So under this part, you would designate who your healthcare agent's going to be. Of course, this is probably the single most important thing to decide in this document. Who is your agent? When you're incapacitated, who will make healthcare decisions for you? If you had a stroke, if you're undergoing surgery, if you're coma, or you have dementia, anytime where you can't make decisions, this person is going to be the one who makes those decisions. They will have the legal authority, binding legal authority, to make those decisions on your behalf. So it's very important to choose the right person. Usually it's going to be a relative, the spouse, child, but could be someone else in your family, someone that maybe you feel has medical decision-making abilities or a nurse or whoever, it's, but it's up to you because these are decisions regarding your health care and you want that person to be able to carry out those decisions. In other words, to do what you want them to do. And part of figuring that out is going to be you talking to that person and also putting in writing what your wishes are. Otherwise, you're going to put that person in a very difficult situation where they don't know what you want. Would you want to be artificially hydrated? Would you want a respirator or a ventilator put in? Do you want a DNR? All these kinds of things can be compounded and be difficult if you haven't communicated. So, you designate the healthcare agent. You also designate when that person's authority becomes effective. Most of these advanced healthcare directives are going to come into existence when you're incapacitated. There are situations where we have ones that are effective immediately. Usually that's going to be a situation where you know there's going to be a, a period of time where you can't make decisions. So you want to make sure that the person does have that decision-making authority. An example, maybe you know you're going to undergo a very serious, something like a heart bypass or some serious surgery where you know you will be incapacitated at some point in time. You may want to do a health care directive that gives your wife or whoever the authority 
so that if there are situations, say that surgery doesn't go well and you're now brain dead or some horrible thing like that, that that person has the authority to make those decisions without having it to be a determination that you're incapacitated. It's just one idea. It really doesn't come up that much, but it could come up. The next part of the healthcare advanced healthcare directive and the durable power of attorney portion is anatomical gifts. Are you giving that agent authority to give anatomical gifts? And that will be fleshed out more in the fourth part of the advanced health care directive. Also, authority to direct the disposition of remains. Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? That's part of the authority you're giving your agent. The next one is uh, authorization of an autopsy. And I would think in most cases you do want to authorize this because if there is an issue, you want to make sure that someone can determine your cause of death or if there are some kind of suspicious circumstances. Next article of the Advanced Healthcare Directive is instructions for healthcare. This gets into the end of life decisions. I'm going to read from a common healthcare directive and what it says. I recognize that modern medical technology has made possible the artificial prolongation of my life beyond natural limits. I do not wish to artificially prolong the process of my dying if continued health care will not improve my prognosis for recovery and my death is likely to occur within several months or if I require life support as a result of an irreversible condition, even if that life support might prolong my life for a sustained period. So... Those are statements that are made for people who do not want their life prolonged, who do not want to have artificial means. You can make those decisions yourself. Some people make decisions to prolong as long as possible, hoping for some kind of medical cure. So you need to make that decision. There's different language that can be used. So the next part, part three, is instructions for personal care. What's meant by personal care is really your, your living conditions, your living situations. And what's usually put in in this part is a request that you be allowed to live in your primary residence as long as possible using whatever assistance you can afford with household employees before being put in some kind of a convalescent home or some other alternative care home. That's Article 3, just a discussion of independent living. Article 4 is the specifics regarding organ donation. There's ways that can state this. It can be a broad, they can donate any part of my body for any purpose. Some people say, well, geez, my, my, my eyes are old, my body's old. Why, why would anybody want this stuff? But there are uses for it, for your organs. Some people have just made determinations to donate their bodies to science. That usually means that uh, you're going to be used as a cadaver. It may not sound that appetizing, but certainly... Medical students are in need of these kinds of things for research, and if you want to be that kind of a guinea pig after you're gone, that's certainly up to you, and there's different hospitals in major urban areas that have programs, such as in the Bay Area, I believe there's the University of California has a program, and in other cities there there would be similar programs. So, the idea, I'm just through my mind right now, I'm going through the idea of my body being cut up as a cadaver. It just doesn't sound that good. But a lot of this isn't exactly what most people want to talk to over a dinner party. The Article 5, the last part, is really about HIPAA and health information. So the Article 5 authorizes your agent 
to be your personal representative under HIPAA. What's HIPAA? Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Most people are have an understanding of what HIPAA is because the doctors force you to sign these statements when you check in before your long wait. In the in the waiting room, you have to sign some kind of a HIPAA statement, seemingly a new one every time you show up. So this is giving your agent, as your designated person, your release to discuss with any and all doctors about your medical care. Medical records have full authority to have this information disclosed to your agent. Of course, this is necessary. If you can't get the health care information from your doctor, or your doctor won't talk to your agent, they're not going to be able to make good health care decisions for you. So, that is the parts of the Advanced Health Care Directive. It's a fairly straightforward document. It's something that everyone should have, as stated above, because it's really not about your monetary wealth or giving things to people. It's really about you and what's going to happen to you if you can't take care of your medical decisions yourself. So I strongly urge everyone to sign one of these, usually available at your doctor's office. They are available on the internet through, I think, the California Medical Association, California Hospital Association, and also Kaiser Hospital has their own forms, which usually will be filled out with one of their representatives who can kind of guide you through the process. So I urge all of you to take advantage of that. Now, I also want to talk about a couple of related items that come up when we're talking about healthcare. These items are DNRs and what is called pulsed. We all know what DNR means, I think. Do not resuscitate. People in nursing homes, elderly in their home, often have DNRs. Well, what happens if somebody's there and they call the ambulance? Well, usually people are going to get resuscitated unless there's a clear decision or chart that shows that that person should not be resuscitated. So one way to implement such a DNR or medical interventions is through a POLST, P-O-L-S-T. That stands for Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. There's forms for this that will be available with your doctor. It's separate from an advanced health care directive, but it is in keeping with that directive. And so we'll talk about part one, CPR. If a person has no pulse and is not breathing, follow the orders. One would be attempt resuscitation. That would be check box. Second, do not attempt resuscitation. Allow natural death. Then B, if a person has pulse and or is breathing, this is a medical intervention section. One, comfort measures only. Two, limited additional interventions. Three, full treatment. And then C would be artificially administered nutrition. One, no artificial means of nutrition. Two, trial period of artificial nutrition, including feeding tubes. Three, long-term artificial nutrition. So these are a specific way to carry out your wishes, and I strongly recommend, especially people that are in end-of-life type situations or your relatives are end-of-life type situations, look at these pulses. Look at the physician's orders for life-sustaining treatment. This is the way to really carry out your wishes and also make your wishes known in a more concrete way. The Advanced Healthcare Directive and Durable Power of Attorney, again, that's the same document, the power of attorneys within that Advanced Healthcare Directive, those are general statements of authority. Those are general 
commandments, as it were, of authority, but they don't have specifics. The DNRs and the POLST, these are the specifics of what you may want to do. And again, there's no substitute for talking to your agent. Let them know they've been named as the agent and let them know what it is that you want, what it is that you want as part of your dignity and part of your end of life and part of you as a human being. Make the job easy for them. It's a hard job, but make it easier so that they feel confident and comfortable that they are carrying out your wishes because that's what they're supposed to be doing. That's the end of this podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to Law Made Easy with Barry Adams.